Hello, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Our mission in this world is clear. We're here to love God and love people. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, Today's a a special day uh, for me. 30 years ago, 30 years ago, I was over at West Hills Hospital. You guys know West Hills Hospital right over here, third floor. And uh, I was sitting in a lazy boy uh, chair. It was early evening. I could picture like it was yesterday when the nurse walked in and laid this nine pound, 10 ounce boy in my hands for the very first time, Drew Robert Lee Denton, uh, 30 years ago. And I remember um, I was really young. I was 25 years old uh, at first thrilled to death and excited. And then reality hit. Oh, you know that reality. Like, what do you do with this? And uh, there was no book on his ankle, because I looked, you know, like a manual. But um, it was one of those moments where it was like, God, thank you for this gift, but but where do we go from here, right? And and I share that, first of all, because this date is special, and I get to go golfing with that baby this afternoon. He was here in this service, and I want this recorded. I'm going to work you, Drew Denton. I don't care if it's your birthday. The truth is, I won't, unless you guys pray for a miracle. But beside the point, I think, I think all of us could relate to this idea of sitting somewhere, someplace, and something is on our lap. Something that could be really exciting as a brand new baby that God has blessed you with. But it could be also something that you weren't really anticipating. Maybe it was a car accident. Maybe it was a health news that's not so good. Maybe it's a relationship that you thought was good that you found out is no good after a phone call. But you can relate, right? Whether it's good or bad, you could be sitting there in life, handed something, and you're like, oh my goodness, what do I do with this? Well, if you could remember back 10 months ago, we celebrated the beginning of 2023. And I stood up on this stage in the very first sermon that I preached. I said, there's some really important things that you and I are going to do in 2023. But I think the most important things are, and I don't expect you to remember them. And the only reason I do is because I have a notebook on my shelf and I pulled it off. But I still believe these are so important. And you'll see why I'm going to share this with you. I said the priorities and the most important things for 2023 are, number one, knowing Christ. Number two, loving others. Number three, sharing our faith with Pastor Tom shared about last week. And number four, getting plugged into a church because God has designed us to do life together. Amen? And so that is what I preached on at the beginning of this year. And then I introduced to you our theme. And our, set, our theme this year for 2023 is anchored. And I, and I delved into the verse and all the specifics. And throughout this year, we've been reminded over and over again about this theme. Well, I'm standing here in October, and I believe anchored in Christ is where we still ought to be. Amen? And so for the rest of this message, we're going we're gonna to go back in the past, all the way 10 months ago, and we're going to be reminded of what we need to be doing right here for our future. Father in heaven, thank you. <laughs> Certainly don't deserve to be here, but thank you for another day of life. 
And God, I thank you for every face, the ones that are smiling, the ones that look like they're ready to go to sleep, the ones that have had all kinds of heartache this week, whatever the face, we thank you that we're in this place today. And God, I am asking that though I am weak, you are strong, and though we may not necessarily know why we want to be here. We're praying for your Holy Spirit to bring all that together and to speak to our hearts. Lord, thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. So I, um, I want you to go on a little trip with me. This happened a few months ago. I shared with you um, about this, this men's pastors covenant group I'm a part of. So it's five lead pastors uh, from all over the nation. I've told you Indiana, Chicago, Nebraska, Phoenix, and then myself here. We meet online once a month and we just talk about life and, 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 and such. And then twice a year we get together. And I told you um, it was last month where, we, where I got to host. And so I took them up to Big Bear. Nice place, especially if you're from Indiana, Chicago, Nebraska. But anyways, so, so we go up there and it's beautiful. And one day, uh, so, so what, what happens is um, we, we do about two to three hours per person session. And in this session, we're supposed to answer the four Ds. Uh, and I wrote down disappointments in life, the drains in life, the discoveries in life, and the delights in life. And so we'll share all that. We'll open up our hearts and then we interact with each other. So we thought it'd be great to take a boat onto the lake and then run around the lake a little bit and then find a cove, which we did. And then um, there's this buoy. Actually, there's a few of them. And, and so the buoys are anchored to the very bottom of the lake. And so you just, you just connect to the, um, to the buoy and you're good to go. So we did that, right? And then we got into the session. Uh, we were talking with, or the one gentleman was talking and he's sharing all of his Ds and we're all paying attention and we're listening and we're into this for probably about an hour. Then one of the guys goes, uh, can I interrupt for a second? Maybe he wasn't that nice, but I want to make him sound nice. And he goes, guys, where we've drifted. And, and I said, no, 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 we're, we're connected to the, the anchor. We're, we're good to go. And he goes, not anymore. And what happened was literally uh, we went from the, the you guys know, um, they call it the, the, the five mile zone or the no wake zone, right? It's just really calm. It's no one's allowed to do anything crazy in there. No skiing, no wakeboarding, no jet skis. It's just, you're just right there. Well, we had drifted 150 yards out of that zone into the, the, the lake where, you know, you got the jet skiers, the sea doers and all that, the crazy people, especially the ones that, that rent and that have never done. Anyways, I won't get into all that. And it was like a little bit like, oh, like how did this happen? Now, now think about this. And some of you can relate to this. You, you've drifted before, like maybe a big wind comes up and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, we're going this way. And you know, you know. but for, in this case, we didn't know it. We were just slowly drifting. And before you know it, we went from a safe area to not a safe area. Pastor, why are you sharing this? Because in the context of our life, specifically our spiritual life, there's some of us that could go, hey, man, I'm, I'm connected to Jesus. I remember when I was 12 years old, man, I hooked up to that, that anchor. I'm good to go. And you look and you still are good to go. But there's some of us that are listening online, some of us that are sitting in here that you're like, yeah, I made this decision sometime in my life and actually maybe even last month I was doing good. But then all of a sudden I'm looking up and I've gone from connected to disconnected. And I've gone from being in the safe zone to being out in the danger zone. 
And, and it didn't just happen over the night. I didn't just got pushed out there, but I just slowly, slowly drifted. And so here I am in life right now. Can you relate to that? Does, does this make sense to you? So part of me sharing today, I want you to be processing and, and evaluating your own life at where you're at with Christ. Some of you, you've never even made that decision. You're still out there just jet skiing the sea, doing, going crazy out there, and that's fine. But, but maybe today you're going to hear, man, I need to get anchored. Some of you are anchored, and some of you once were anchored, but maybe after some evaluation, and by the way, first service, I, I had a handful of people come. Pastor, I, I, God spoke to me. I've drifted, right? And that's okay. Wherever we're at, this is a checkpoint to make sure that we're right where God wants us to be. Amen? So let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We here at West Valley Christian Church believe this is God's word. Amen, church? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the what? He built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not what? It didn't fall. Because it had its foundation on the what, church? It had a foundation on the rock, but, but Jesus says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a what? A foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the same rain, the same streets rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great what? A great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as one of the teachers of what? the law. So this is a great story. Jesus is saying, hey guys, I am giving you an illustration of a house being built on a rock that survives all the storms and all the threats and all the, the wind and, and everything's good because its foundation's on the rock. But then there's this, this other house that's built on what? It's built on sand and those same storms, the same temptations, the same streams, all that same stuff comes, but it's built on sand and therefore it, and it crashes. My question is, throughout this message, is where, where are you connected? What are you building upon? No matter how young you are or how old you are, the question is still relevant. Are you connected to Jesus Christ? Are you, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, are you building on the rock? See, the world would say, no, you need to build your life on politics, and I'm scared, and not in a bad way, because Jesus is my rock. But man, if 2020 was what it was like, I can't imagine what 2024 is going to be like. And some of you are like, what are you talking about? Well, we got the whole election thing again. But I'm going to tell you right now, proactively, don't worry about all that stuff. Build your house on the rock, Amen. not on politics or political agendas. Don't build it on tradition. Don't build it on religion. Don't build it on race. Don't build it on finances. Don't build it on education. And do certainly don't build your life on yourself and how you think and how you feel and how you act. Can I hear an amen? amen. Psalms 18, one and two. I love you. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my what? Rock, who said that? David, David's writing this, and David's messed up. That's why I can relate to him, and I think all of us can relate to him. We're all messy people, amen? It's okay. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. We're not batting 100 all the time. 
In baseball, if you're good, if you hit the ball three out of 10, you get paid millions and millions of dollars, you know? Church, we're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. That doesn't make us bad people. But I love this. Because David is a messy individual. David did not always make the right choices. David wasn't always dialed in. But David says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my what, church? Rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. You go to Psalms 18, 46. The Lord lives. Praise be to my what? Praise be to my rock, exalted be God my Savior. Psalm 61, from the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the what? Doesn't say lead me to the bar. Doesn't say lead me to the gym. It doesn't say lead me to the Bank of America. It doesn't say lead me to success. Doesn't say lead me to failure. It certainly doesn't say lead me to a man. You can say amen, ladies. Doesn't say, lead me to a woman, lead me to a relationship. It says, what? Lead me to the rock. The Lord lives, praise be the rock, exalted be God my Savior. Psalm 61, 2, from the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Psalm 61, For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who uh, fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years uh, for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Then you go to 1 Corinthians 10, 4, and, and, and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the what? From the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Church. The world wants to send us sideways. They want us to go squirrel and go chasing after that, to take our eyes off of the cross, to take our eyes off Jesus, to take our eyes off the rock. And yet it's the rock that's going to take everything for us. It's the rock when we're connected to that's going to help us through those good times and help us through those bad times and help us through those really difficult times. Amen? It's not finances, it's not education, it's not people, although those things can be good. I'm not pushing them off to the side, but if they're exchanged for Jesus Christ, then we're missing out, and no wonder everything is coming up void. No wonder we're falling short. No wonder hope is being sucked out of us like a vacuum cleaner, just going. And we're dry bones. And yet we read the scripture and Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have it to the full or life and have it abundantly. And we're going, that ain't my life. Well, maybe we need to look back and see if we're connected. Maybe we need to look back and see if we're still anchored. Maybe we need to look back and reconnect. I am... I want to let you know Jesus is my rock. And yet with that statement, in 35, 36 years of walking with Jesus, there are times where I felt like I was connected. I thought I was connected. And then I look back and go, oh my goodness, I have drifted. Can you relate? To drift is not the, the unforgivable sin. 
It's just one of those things where we go, okay, I've drifted. I got to paddle back and reconnect. Amen, church? If you look at history of anchors, you'll find that the first anchors were actually huge rocks or bags filled with huge rocks. And so that's why we talked about this as our theme for 2023, anchored. The wisest move for all of us is to anchor ourselves to Jesus Christ, to build our lives connected to Jesus. And I ask you, have you said yes to Jesus? For some of you, you don't know what that means, and I would simply say, find me afterwards. Find one of the staff. Go to the Welcome Center. Ask them or say, I'd like to meet with one of the pastors. I want to know what it means to get connected with Jesus Christ. And then for the other person that might be evaluating, going, man, I've drifted. The same thing. Talk to a friend or talk, set up an appointment with someone here. Go to a life group and say, you know what? I want to I want to reconnect. It's time to get reconnected. I love that we have so many young people, uh, teenagers coming to our services and so many young adults. Uh, lately, uh, you know, we probably have 20 to 30 visitors every week and so many young people are coming. Amen? And I've told you this, young men, especially between the ages of 18 and 30, are literally driving on our campus, walking into the office during the middle of the week saying, I need something. And they're coming. And they're making decisions for Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to give you a little hint. I didn't tell this to second, uh, first service, but I'm going to introduce you to another, uh, another new staff person. Uh, he's an intern that we just brought on in his first days today. And he's going to be working alongside our teenagers. And I love it. We're building up all these leaders for our teenagers because this pastor believes that children and teens are not the future of the church. They are the church today. And so, I don't know, there's probably 15 junior hires upstairs now. They just started this Bible study a few months ago. And I love, I see, I see a bunch of the high schoolers over here and over here. It, church, isn't that exciting? Like, I wish I knew Jesus when I was in high school. <laughs> it would have made things different. But it doesn't matter how young or how old you are. It's now is the moment in which we connect to Jesus as our anchor. Amen, church? In the Navy, they are taught the best way to fight a storm or hurricane was to move out to sea and anchor deep. There are times in our lives when we, we are caught in storms. Maybe someone here is going through one right now. The best way, the best way to fight a storm is to what? Anchor deep. Or maybe someone, uh, someone's here today and life is going perfect. Life is going well. You can ask for more. Guess what? It's also wise to drop an anchor deep. See, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 through 20 are our are, 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 are verses this year. They are the theme, for, theme verses for this year. And it says this in Hebrews. We have this hope. Who needs hope? I do. I think we all do. Uh, collectively, our country does. And collectively, our world does. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. We're not talking about feet. We're not talking about hands. We're not talking about eyes. We're talking about the innermost being of who we are for our soul. We've got hope for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Again, here's the 
or uh, what we're hearing over and over again throughout all these verses is it's not all these things that the world is offering, but it's Jesus Christ as our rock that is going to change the world, that is the hope for the world, and it's not going to change. There's not a 2.0 version. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So again, I ask you, when you look back, are you connected to Jesus? You know what I love? I see people on here that have drifted, and, and you're back. I think it's great. Multiple. Some of you are thinking, well, he's talking right to me. No, no. There's many in first service and second service. I haven't seen for a while. Praise God, church. Amen? Amen. And then there's those of you that are faithful, 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 and you could sit in a purple chair and not know Jesus. You could sit in a purple chair every week and have drifted. And so you want to check? It doesn't, and that's, I, I can preach up here and not know Jesus. Isn't that crazy? But it's true, isn't it? So we're all vulnerable. We all, it's just a heart check. Where am I at? How am I doing? We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, and the answer is Jesus. Hmm. That leads us to the second point and the last point, anchored. Let's talk about anchored. You see, the rougher the weather, the more important it is that you're anchored. And I think we need to be anchored in a, in a proactive way, not in a reactive way. Now, if we're anchored in a reactive way, praise God, at least you turn around and go. But here's the deal. It's better to be anchored before the storm. Are you with me? It's, it's better to be anchored before the storm. Parents, this is really important for you, for your kids to see. There's a few reasons the anchor is important. I'm going to give a few here. One is we need the anchor to hold the ship and keep it from being wrecked. <laughs> Luke 9.23. If you've been at West Valley long enough, you'll know that this is one of the first verses I memorized. And it's kind of a, that moment in Jesus' ministry where he came to this earth and he's preaching and he's teaching and, and he's doing all these miracles and people are amazed and all of a sudden he's got this crowd. You know, it's kind of like Taylor Swift at a Kansas City Chiefs game. <laughs> Forgive me for just saying that. But you know, what, what, what the jersey sales went up like 400% just because every other play they show her. And again, if you're one of those Swift people, don't send me hate mail. I'm not bashing her. It's just <laughs> Whatever. But you got, she's got all these fans, right? All these fans. Jesus had all these fans. But Jesus did not come to this earth to increase jersey sales for himself. Jesus didn't come to this earth so that everyone would like him and that everyone would be, oh my gosh, Jesus, do another miracle. That is so good. Oh, wow, that sermon was amazing. Jesus was like, no, 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 no. So he got the crowd. They're starting to follow him. And he, in his ministry, he drew the line in the sand. And in Luke 9, 23, he says this, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, which means I got to make sure I'm connected daily. And then what? And then what? And then come follow me. He drew the line in the sand. He goes, I'm not interested in filling stadiums with people going like this. And he's not interested in filling churches with people going like this. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. And he came so that we may have hope. And that's why Jesus died on the cross. He didn't die so that we would applaud. He died so that we may say yes Anchor to him 
and have life. Because he knew because of free will, life could get hard on this earth. And even in the good, it could get hard. So are you and I anchored? Have we said yes to Jesus? Simply for the sake of our own life. Secondly, Ephesians 5.23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is. Oh, some of you are like, what are you talking about? Christ is the what? Or the husband is the what? The husband is the head of what? Oh, that's Old Testament. No, no, we're reading the New Testament. Oh, well, that's, that's the New Testament, but that doesn't. Church, I said this first service. I'm like, I'm just going to skip by that, and I didn't, so I just won't do it again. But I'll just say this. Um, I, I've never had a lady, and, and we have some very strong, amazing women in our church. I've never had a woman in my office after walking through what this passage really means that it said, oh, no. No, I I can't do that. And let me give you a little hint. This passage says, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. That's what I want to focus in on. But what will happen is, later in the passage, it says, oh, by the way, husbands, you need to love your wife like Christ loved the church. What did Christ do for the church? He died for it. The problem's not this verse. The problem's not, oh, you know, I've never had a woman that goes, if they were being loved by their husband, like Christ loved the church, they'd be like, oh, praise God. It's not even a submission issue there. But the problem with this verse is so many women don't even know what it means to be loved like Jesus loved the church by their husbands. So it's a husband problem. Was that my wife that just said amen? I don't <laughs> But I have to go there a little bit because we, we, we totally misunderstand stuff. And yet I want to get back to why I'm sharing this verse because the verse says that Christ is the head of the church. That's what I want you to hold on to right now because the church... The reason we need to be anchored individually in our lives to Jesus Christ is so that we stay on track, we stay in heartbeat with Jesus, and that we don't drift off. Well, just as the individual life needs to make sure they're anchored to, the, to, 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 to Jesus, the church needs to make sure it's anchored to Jesus. You're like, what are you talking about, Pastor? A church needs to make sure it's anchored to Jesus? Yes. Have you seen what's out there in the name of Christ? Have you seen the buildings that have church on it and a cross on it and they're living what they call progressive Christianity and they're saying there's some verses in here that are good and there's a lot of verses that need to be taken out and there's a 2.0 version of this book? No, this book is good as is. And you're not supposed to subtract from it. You're not supposed to add from it. I say as a pastor, you're allowed to underline. Some people don't agree with that. You're allowed to mark up your Bible. This thing needs to be abused and torn up and read. Now, don't misinterpret me like, pastor's rip, rip. No, I mean, a Bible that's all pretty? I, I, I think I'm on my sixth one. Just because, you know, it just gets worn out and thrashed because I'm using it. And the truth is I need to be using it more, okay? I don't want you to think I'm shining halos up here. But churches need to be anchored to Christ. West Valley as long as you and I are anchored to Christ and collectively we're together, we're anchored to Christ. More and more, we're becoming less and less popular because I keep saying this is God's word. 
And I'm going to keep saying it's God's word. And this has authority over this. So are you individually anchored to the the word? Are you individually anchored to the Lord? And are we as a church anchored to the Lord? It's getting hot up here. (laughs) Secondly, we need to anchor to stabilize the ship. So it becomes a safe place for those to board. Church, so many of you invite friends. And I think that's wonderful. You know what our responsibility as a church, the elders and the staff, and we talk about this every Tuesday, is to be the best that we can be. We strive for perfection, settle for excellence. Because our God is that way. We're not the slickest show. We don't have the fanciest lights and the nicest carpet and all the, you know, that's not what it's about. But simply, if you're going to risk and invite friends, we want to love them well. And we want the music to do well and worship our God in a way and preaching, but we want to be real and authentic in it, amen? This needs to be a safe place for people. And that's why we say welcome home all the time. Church, you are a part of something huge. And I want to thank you for that. But we need to always keep ourselves in check and make sure that we are anchored as individuals and anchored as a church. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any other double-edged sword. It's able to penetrate even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And then it says it judges, and th- it judges the attitudes and the thoughts of our hearts. God gave us his word. There is no 2.0 version out there. This is his word, as is, Amen. And we need to make sure that we're anchored to Jesus and his word so that we don't drift away into what is culturally appropriate and culturally tolerant and culturally, and did you keep hearing me say what? Culturally? Well, that's fine. Culture is gonna change, but we don't change truth to fit it. It needs to be reversed. It's not my rules, it's God. Which brings us back to Matthew, 20, Matthew 7 again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the what? Built his house on the rock. You know, I've had a lot of health issues over the year, many hospitalization stays, all that kind of stuff. Some of it has nothing to do with me. It's not my fault. And there's some things that are my fault. And there's been multiple times where I've gotten dehydrated. I stink at drinking water. I stink at drinking anything. Um, but um, I found myself in the hospital a few times uh, dehydrated. And there's nothing better than when you get hooked up to that IV. And that water starts dripping in you. And at first you're like, okay, whatever. That little bag is going to change my life. Uh, you guys know that little bag, as, it, as that liquid comes in there, and maybe they put a second or a third one on there. You walk out and you feel better, don't you? Because you've hooked up to that source that's going to replenish your body. Well, as good as that is, church, I think some of us are dehydrated spiritually. And we need to hook up to Jesus. We need to to connect with Jesus. 
And let that slow drip of God's word, prayer, coming to church, all those things just keep us healthy. You know, we all talk about, the world talks about the physical body and taking care of it. And I, I agree, you got to take care of this temple. And, you know, you're doing really well. You've lost all this weight. You're, you're, you're eating well. You're hitting the gym. You're getting all this. And then all of a sudden, you know, three months down the road, you're like, wait a second. You got back on the scale. How did I gain that 10 pounds back again? My arms are not as, you know. And then you go, oh, yeah, I stopped eating well. And, oh, yeah, I stopped going to the gym. Well, we could do the same thing as Christians, can't we? So just get... Get that IV from Jesus. Get hooked up to him and uh, stop drifting. I think that's the great answer for where we're at today. Well, I want to close with a poem. And I encourage you to close your eyes as I read this poem. So it says, this anchor shall hold in adversity when all else does threaten to give way. This anchor keeps my vessel from drifting, never letting my ship run astray. This anchor holds through angry seas batter when dangerous waves threaten to take hold. This anchor holds in the lonely night hours when darkness renders my spirit less bold. This anchor holds my vigil over me, scans water lest my ship drift away. This anchor is trustworthy and faithful, making less anxious my passageway. This anchor holds fast through life is fleeting when death's icy hands grasp me once more. This anchor will never let me falter till my ship moors on that sacred shore. This anchor shall hold in great judgment when the elements melt with fervent heat. This anchor will calm and quiet my spirit, sharing me on with his grace complete. This anchor holding me is sweet Jesus. My ship is in his errant control. He is my hope. He is my comfort. He is a sure anchor of my soul. And all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Your tender mercies and your love You've always shown me You forget all My rebellions That you've always